Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Well... Bofla went on vacation. I don't even know where the hell he is, but uh, we had to do what we had to do. And I, we got somebody better. I don't care for the blue-white breakdown. I'm just going to say it. Brett McMurphy from Action Network. Is it the Action Network or just Action Network? I've been called worse, so I'll take either one. <laughs> as, as, as I think Justin Timberlake should should show up and say, and, and come back and say, just action. It's cleaner. Yeah, I like that. Nice reference. I'm a big Just movie action. guy. It's cleaner. I'm um, a big movie guy, which we'll get to shortly. So I, I love the reference. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, uh, you you live in Tampa, correct? Yes, still in Tampa, uh, home of the former Outback Bowl, now Relia Quest Bowl. What Joe uh, Paterna used to call the Tampa Bowl. We've had a very, very nice time here at the Tampa Bowl. Because he he didn't like to say Outback Bowl just to just to piss off the sponsors. Oh yeah. Do you remember the time one time he said, you know, it's, we've had a great time down here. Can't find a decent steak anywhere, but otherwise. <laughs> I think Chris Fowler used to call it the one time called it the out outhouse bowl or something. And by accident. Uh, they didn't, you know, nothing's ever by accident. You know, <laughs> which didn't go over great with the ESPN folks since basically they've televised in the game for the last hundred years. <laughs> but I, I think Chris has done okay with his I career. I had a good time at the Tampa Bowl. Oh, it was great. You know, right after kickoff, here come the Bloomin' Onions. It's 11 a.m., January 1st. You got a hangover. You're, you're done. You're done by 7 o'clock, and you can you can watch whatever's going on that day at 11, yeah, the big 11 o'clock yeah. kick. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching the Boise State Oklahoma game. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I took Nick who was then 7. Yeah, down there. He had a blast. He just played in the pool all the time. That's all he did. Um anyway, you've been watching uh both uh, it's easy for you because where was the ACC that was somewhere in Florida across the Amelia coast? Island up near Jacksonville? Yeah, okay. And then it's a short hop over to Destin, although that's more like Alabama than Florida, but it is Florida. South Alabama. And that's yeah. where the SEC was. So just to synopsize what you've been writing, you've been writing some really interesting stuff, especially last week about what you call the Magnificent Seven and their, uh, sub, I don't know if I call it, sub, <laughs> covert attempts to uh, poke a few holes, or loopholes, or find loopholes 
in the infamous grant of rights uh, to fill people in. Uh, just just tell people what what ESPN and the ACC agreed to back in 2016 and how it's hamstringing the league because they're only getting about 36 million a year per school in payout while the Big Ten is looking at 70 SEC 70 half as much. But the, this agreement runs through 2036. Everyone's kind of ripped the ACC deal that like you you laid out goes. It was 20 year deal. But if you go back to 2016, you know, the ACC was in a really um, fragile position at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, Maryland had had left recently to the Big Big Ten, actually negotiated their exit fee down from, I think, 50-something million to maybe 30 or 30 or that sounds right. 20, yeah. 30, 40. Yeah. yeah. But it was significant because everyone said there's no way they're going to get out. There's no way they're going to get out. Guess what? They got out. So the ACC had to do a grant of rights. They did that. And then again, back then, it was a big deal to have a conference network. The SEC had one. The Big Ten had one. The ACC wanted one. So ESPN said, OK, we'll give you your network, but you've got to extend those grant of rights out until 2036. Nobody had an issue with it back then. But then, you know, certainly times have changed as they do quite frequently in college football. And now that thing is, you know, it's a uh, you know, it's an anchor around their neck. Yeah. Um, I, I like to describe the, uh, I know, I know you're a big meatloaf fan and if you're not, I'm going to assume you are. And if you're not, I read why it. Not? I read it. <laughs> yeah. Meatloaf. I mean, his, his song paradise by the dashboard light sums up the, the ACC grant of rights and how the ACC schools feel. And that is for those folks who haven't enjoyed meatloaf. He basically says, I swear I'll love you till the end of time. And now I'm praying for the end of time. Yeah. That's what the ACC schools are doing. And the Magnificent Seven, which I coined because of the great 1960 movie with Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen and others. Um, these schools. yourself now, dude. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right. Yeah. They, they, if they're not asleep by now, we got them. Yeah. Uh, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, Virginia Tech had had, you know, discussions, formal, informal, about are there any loopholes? Can we get out of the grant of rights? Um, even as drastic as do we want to split away and create our own conference? A lot of people, I think, thought when I reported that, that this was actually going to happen during the meetings. That was never going to happen no, at that no. time frame. But there is some, some discussion there. There is some thinking that somebody or some bodies of that group will try to get over the wall and make a break for it. Will they make it? I don't know. But certainly their destination is where Penn State's at. They want to get to the Big Ten or they want to get to the SEC. Um, you know, if you give SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey true serum and say, do you want to add Florida State Miami? He's going to say, no, we've got the University of Florida. We're in the state of Florida. We're fine. However, if you ask him, well, do you want the Big Ten to be at, have Florida State Miami? then that may change his answer. So this will get fascinating when and if this happens, because one, they would have to pay a $120 million exit fee and then figure out a way out of the grant of rights, which quickly people don't know, means that if you leave the conference, the conference keeps your television rights. Mm -hmm. So basically your value to a new conference is nullified because all of your value stays with the conference you're leaving. So schools would have to find a way out but certainly they want to get out they want to get to the big 10 the question is 
How attractive would the Big Ten be to some of these schools? I think very attractive. I think it would increase the value of their TV deal per school. But again, somebody or somebody's has to find a way out. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits, a lot of richer lawyers. Uh, but I think I think you're going to see some schools try to do it, Dave. And probably well before 2036, wouldn't you think? Oh, no question. I'm talking in, in maybe three to four years. I'm saying three to four years. Oh, that's soon. I think it'll be that soon. Right. Yeah, because basically, and Michael Alford, the Florida State Athletic Director, you know, is told me this. He's he's told others this. It's not a big secret. Florida State basically looks at this that every year they remain in the ACC, they lose thirty million dollars by not yeah. being in the Big Ten or the SEC. Do the math. So, okay, you, up. you yeah. can. It doesn't mean you can't compete. You can't win. But over long term, you know, you're talking five years. That's 150 million that you have less than your peers. And of course, they believe that because of their TV brand, they would bring great value to the Big Ten and or SEC. I agree. The question is, you know, how receptive would the Big Ten or SEC be? And again, people get this, people say, well, the Big Ten needs to invite them, the SEC needs to invite them. That's not how it works. There may be some private conversations, but a, a school has to apply for membership in a new conference, or then that school decides whether to bring them in or not. Kind of like a, a coach, you know, going for a job. Nobody ever is offered a job, nod, nod, wink, wink until they, the school knows they're going to say yes. So, kind of similar with these schools changing conferences. I don't think there's any question that Clemson and Florida State, other than Notre Dame, we're not counting Notre Dame because they're on an island by themselves. Right. Probably always will be. Florida State and Clemson are, I would, I would say, the most valuable TV entities among the non-SEC Big Ten schools. Would you say that's correct? I would put North Carolina in there also only because the Big Ten and SEC are not in that state. Yeah. And so you know, I, was, tech, I was getting I was right. getting that. I'm, I, 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 yeah. But no, I agree. Ask, I agree with you. No, I agree with you. There's yeah. basically these are the most valuable. But I'm saying is potential targets for the Big Ten or SEC. Yes. I think North Carolina enters that conversation just because and it's a new market. I was getting to them. And Jim yeah. Delaney, I think, always had his eye on his. Absolutely. Yep. Back in the old he days, uh, we were removed from his tenure. But now you get to a certain push pull which is viewed differently by the presidents of universities and by the bean counters from networks like Fox, uh, which has the majority of, of ownership of the Big Ten network. And uh, I think even with the NBC being in the Big Ten deal, certainly a greater influence on Big Ten decisions than any other network. And, and later on, we can talk about how streaming could make all of this obsolete as cord cutting gets, gets more and more uh, prevalent. But right now, I think simply by TV ratings, Florida State and Clemson are far and away the most valuable. And then you get into Oregon and Washington, uh, which I'm sure the Big Ten, I, I heard myself, I don't know if you heard this, that Kevin Warren all always wanted to move right away on those two right after USC and UCLA. If 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 you're thinking six, eight, ten years down the road, who would you see the Big Ten? I've got two schools in mind. Who would you see the Big Ten most interested in from the ACC? I would say, well, it's Sophie's choice here. Only two schools. Um, 
God, Florida State, the clear number one. The question mm-hmm. is, do you pair Miami with Florida State just for a travel partner? Mm-hmm. Or do you prefer a North Carolina where you're not in the market or you yeah. do a Clemson? Yeah. The, the issue with Clemson, and I love Clemson. I know D- Dabo's done an unreal job. Yeah, they've got a very small radius of the intense interest. It's a, it's a, well, that, Dave, and it's a very small state. And again, yeah. you're looking at this long term, or you're looking at this 20 years down the road. Dabo, look, Dabo's not trying to get a new job. He's not, you know, I doubt he's going to go to the NFL. I'm not saying he's not long for Clemson. But at some point, Dabo is no longer going to be at Clemson. What happens to Clemson without Dabo? Because look at Clemson before Dabo. Yeah, you got to go. That's not enough. That's not enough on Clemson. So it's it's a similar comparison to what's Butler without Brad Stevens. It's a totally different animal. What's Gonzaga going to be in the future without Mark Few? I don't think they're going to have the same success. Is Clemson going to see that same kind of dip? That's I think what the Big Ten would look at. Um, long-term thinking, yeah, they, they've been incredible. They've been as successful in the playoff with, you know, other than other than Alabama and obviously most recently Georgia in the nine-year history of the playoff. But you wonder, can they s- sustain that without Dabo? And that's, that's obviously a big issue. You know, you love I, Clemson I, if they're in the playoff every year. If they're not, it's like, yeah. I'd rather have Florida State. I'd rather have North Carolina. I'd rather have Miami. Yeah, um, you look maybe even that. get into Virginia. You look at maps. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. So I I was kind of preempting my own opinion with the the my belief that the SEC would never let Florida State go or Clemson. Probably they they would do whatever is necessary if they saw a, a, a war with Big Ten over right. the schools. They would do what's necessary to keep them both. I don't think that's true of either North Carolina or Virginia. And those would be the two that I think the Big Ten would would covet. They are great schools for reasons that you already mentioned. Well, you mentioned with North Carolina. Virginia's ratings are minuscule, but their footprint, the 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 the, the profile of the school, a, a terrific university, the presence would absolutely go for Virginia. And it it is into a recruiting turf that is so fertile. If you're going to decide between Virginia and Virginia Tech right now, simply on ratings, Virginia Tech is the one, but Virginia is the school. So my picks would be Virginia and North Carolina, plus they're contiguous. Uh, and and I, despite of USC and UCLA, I think that makes a difference. That's important. It makes them feel more at home if they're they're right next to to Maryland, who also bolted from the ACC. I think those are the two schools, the two great schools, the two brands, and the two footprints the Big Ten would like to get into. I agree with you, and I I think some of this comes into play with the as you mentioned the presidents, and you know again academics is an issue, not an issue, but a, it's something that they do consider. And research, certainly Virginia, research contacts, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, all, all this stuff that the presidents love to throw out there. So, Dave, the, the one thing I would say that we don't know until these moves start happening, politicians get involved. Oh, yeah. Break, breaking news here on the, on the podcast. <laughs> I, and I honestly don't know. Is North Carolina and NC State, are they, are they, hooked, are they locked at the hip? Is Virginia and Virginia Tech? I was the hip. They they were with the ACC. Um, so would they be if they moved on to to greener 
pastors in the Big Ten? We would have to find out. I was talking to an old bird, uh, ex-Big uh, Ten poobah, uh, important well, guy. That, wait, wait, you just threw out poobah and bird in the same <laughs> sentence. Well, you're talking about meatloaf. I think I can and you're, get it. You're, 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 you're busting my boss for talking about a 1960 movie? Come on. You're talking meatloaf. 18... You're talking 1860 references, but <laughs> I regress. Go ahead. <laughs> it's like the the John Favreau uh, thing with George Costanza. You you hung up on some clown from the 60s, man. That's right there, you uh, go. I uh, love any Seinfeld reference. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Did you know that was John Favreau, Eric? The yes, clown? yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I, yeah, I want to I want to run into John Favreau sometime in a plane or an airport and say Eric the clown and see if and see if. That's one thing you could say to a well-known character actor type star who would do, you might not be sick of it, but I don't, I don't think very many people knew that's who he was. I was talking to a big 10 old poobah who's no longer involved in the league, but knows where a lot of the bodies are buried about Washington and Oregon. And he mentioned those state politicians. Now you can, can you imagine if state politicians in Washington, and this is what he was talking about, might get involved trying to bring along Washington state, <laughs> the Palouse uh, with <laughs> Washington. I mean, that would just be a non-starter for anyone in the big 10, any of the presidents, uh, Oregon state with Oregon the same way, but he, he believes that that would be a contentious point, just like Virginia and Virginia tech, North Carolina and North Carolina state. Yeah. You don't know that you're right. We don't know that. I actually believe Washington could move on their own. I think the same with Oregon. So, yeah. I mean, you see, uh, I did it without cow. If that can happen, right. why can't? Right. Yeah. And ultimately money will decide all these moves. That's right. Money greases the wheels. This is the blue white breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Penn State viewers would also be curious where college football will be. Uh, also with this guy, he raised a point that I I had thought of, but I always kind of dismissed out of hand because I it just didn't seem imminent. But he thinks it might be closer than we all think. The point where the schools with the real the real one percenters, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. Uh, Texas, all, well, Texas has kind of done it, but I'm talking about 
where they all go rogue and immediately run their own streaming services uh, so that they cut out the middlemen of a network completely. Are we getting close to that point where, let's say, Penn State could form its own streaming service with their own engineers, their own people? It doesn't take nearly as much the technology as it used to with cable. Cable cutting is is still rampant. It's still happening like crazy. Are we coming to the point where there could be a Nittany network? We're not, and I'm not talking about imminent, but down the road where people have cut cable so much and they're willing to pay for a dedicated streaming service just for Penn State sports, including football. And this this goes for a lot of schools. Uh, I don't know if the including football would work because I think actually that the bell cows that you mentioned and the, the Penn States, I think, would be included in that. I think when we get to a point a few years down the road, like you're your uh, old bird told you um, it would be, I think we're going to be 20 team big 10. I think we're gonna be a 20 team SEC at that point. And I think that it would be more likely that they would somehow do their, their deals together. Basically like the NFL revenue, revenue. So now you've you've what Nick Saban said to you. Was that your question at the SEC? Yeah. About unionizing the NFL, yes. you know, yes. let's just do like the NFL, and that that makes, I think that gets them the, the the largest amount of money. Where if you've got each individual school doing their own TV rights, that's kind of not similar to what we're doing now, but it's it's it's, it's more like baseball. Up. It's more like baseball, yeah. Which doesn't doesn't really work. It's not competitive, right? Yeah. Well, the NFL got, always is, right? I think it would work much better. But again, you've got, you know, would the SEC and Big Ten work together? I mean, obviously, they're, right. they're like Mike Oresco, the American Athletic Conference Commissioner, you know, in his, you know, 5,000 word rant saying, get rid of the Power Five. <laughs> you know, okay, great. You've got your wish, Mike. We are the, the Power Two, the Middle Three, and the Group Five. Yeah. So yeah. The, the Power Two, are they going to operate independently or at some point could they get together? And do a TV deal together somewhere down the road. I mean, Tony Petiti, the new commissioner, has an extensive television background. Yep. So, you know, we think about, ah, that's crazy. That's not going to happen. I was talking to Pat Fitzgerald last year at Big Ten Media Day. And I said, what do you see the future? And he goes, dude, it's one, one conference is on ESPN. One conference is on Fox. The winners play you know, do their playoffs, the winners play in like a college football version of the Super Bowl. And then the teams that uh, don't get in the playoff go play in bowl games in Florida. And it's basically describing the NFL. It's the only way for this to survive, this economic model to survive in my mind, because with NIL, there is only way to one way to put a cap on what you pay for players. And that's a collective bargaining agreement. If you yeah. unionize players and they're at the table, wherever their representative may be, I, I, you could be it could be one of the major agents right now who's an NFL agent. It could be it could be any number of people. But if the players are represented, if they're in a collective bargaining discussion, if they bargain for a contract and then they sign that contract, it puts a lid on everything. That is the NFL model. Then you've got a salary cap. Essentially, that's yeah. what it is. And it's legally binding. There is no getting away from it. 
and you can budget. And that's all these people want. They're printing money. They just want to be able to budget in the future. And right now they don't have, it's the wild west. There are no rules. There is no collective bargaining. And they're not, the Big Ten and the SEC are not willing to work together yet. I think they're going to come to their senses eventually. But if they don't, then you're talking about that streaming being viable because you're going to be talking about 20 teams with, with Rutgers and Michigan in the same conference. There, yeah. There's total inequity there. And at some point, the Michigan's, Ohio State's, Penn State's, what are we doing sharing money? It's like the Yankees sharing money with the Rays. You know, they, they wouldn't do that. They're not going to do that. And that's why revenue sharing in the strictest sense is not on the horizon in MLB. They just haven't negotiated it. And it's why MLB is constantly suffering from small market injuries. Look at the Reds, look at the Pirates. They just can't compete on a regular basis. And that's why, but in the NFL, everyone's got a shot. Everyone's got a shot, yeah. Everyone's got a shot. That's the healthy model. I just think greed's gonna get in the way. So I'd call it 50-50 one way or the other. The one thing you mentioned, um, and I think will happen, is that somehow, some way, the players are either going to be compensated by the schools, by the conferences, will receive a percentage of the TV deal, however mm-hmm. they do it. They yeah. will be employees, whatever you want to call it. That is going to happen. Why did the Big Ten add USC and UCLA? Because they want to travel to California? No. Why did uh, SEC add Texas and OU? Because they love Look, I'm from Oklahoma, but look, unless you're from Oklahoma, you really don't want to go to Oklahoma. So why do they want to go there? I why? can't believe you just said that. I can't believe you look, said I'll that. Be, I'm on. Come it. on, dude. You know I'm honest. <laughs> so they, they, it adds value to their network. It yes. adds value to their conference. Why do they need, but why, why do they need to add more value? They already are the richest conferences in the world. Why? Because they know around the corner, they're going to have to be paying these players. So they are going to have the most resources to be able to pay these players. And guess what? Everybody else will try to pay the players because they'll be allowed to. They won't have the money to do so. So then what happens? Everyone's going to want to go to the Big Ten and SEC even more than they do now. And you're going to have the Big Ten SEC will be the NFL and everyone else will be the XFL or the USFL or the Canadian Football League. They will still exist. But the quality of competition in those leagues will be even more drastic than they are now. Now you have a chance for a Cincinnati, and I don't want to put TCU in the same group with Cincinnati, but you have the the non-major brands have an opportunity to win to maybe even make a good run and get to the playoff. Which is good and for the sport. It's good for the sport. I know. And look, I, I talk about this all the time. I don't like this. I think it sucks. I think it's horrible for college athletics. I hate the fact that the Pac-12 may not exist in in the near future. I hate the fact that there is no Southwest Conference. The whack is long gone. I hate that. But that's where we're headed. And the Big Ten and SEC have figured this out, and they have the power to do this. And that's why they accumulate all the goods, all the brand names, so they can pay the players because they know what's down the road. And what happens below them does it smells like bad fish. Yeah, you remember your, uh, your American history with Manifest Destiny? Yeah. That's what USC and UCLA to the Big Ten felt like to me. That moment where, yeah, the, the Native Americans are going to get screwed 
but their land Here, here's is some here's some beads yeah yeah they're they're going to get screwed and that means all the group of five and and the pac 12 which i growing up in a big 10 area adored the pac pac eight back then because yeah. it was like our the big 10's rival the, the you, yeah. you know you, you hated losing to usc every year in the rose bowl but on the other hand it was this exotic locale where things were different it was a different league and different yeah. is good i mean that's the strength of america is you got all these different regions that, that do things completely differently and that's going to be gone and it sucks but once USC and UCLA agreed to go to the Big Ten, it was like manifest destiny. And it's it's it, in my mind, now we're in a point where the Big Ten has to decide on describe to people the concept of pro rata, uh, whether Washington and Oregon, which are about on the median, I believe, of pro rata, would be worth the bang for the buck to the Big Ten. Yeah, so basically the the conference the networks have what they call pro rata provisions in the contracts. Not in every contract, but in some contracts where basically if a conference adds a school, that school will reset if you're paying every school in your conference 50 million dollars per year, then that means if you add new members and you have a pro rata clause, those members automatically will get the same amount. Um so the Big 10's got to decide if they bring in Oregon and Washington, are they? Would they br- yeah. Now, I don't. I don't think they are because you're going from 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. The good news, and what I've been told, um, is the the Big Ten does not want to quote have the Pac-12's blood on their hands. They don't want to blow up the conference. But here, I'll believe it when I see it. They already blew no, it up. No, I well, no. Here's another. Here's a, a warning. Another movie movie reference. So. Any mining python fans remember when the guy cuts off his arm and says, Oh, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> that was yeah. USC yeah. and UCLA. What they were waiting to see is if Colorado and or and or Arizona or maybe a couple other schools lead the Pac 12 to go to the Big 12, then there's chaos. It's yeah. Kevin Bacon on Animal yeah. House. Stay yeah. calm. Remain calm. Then the Big Ten comes in and gets Oregon and Washington. And then it's over at a at a much cheaper price. Yes, I mean Oregon and Washington are desperate now. If somebody, if a couple of schools go to the Big Twelve, they are going to be even more desperate. So they yeah, would take the, the Rutgers. The Rutgers deal was minuscule. What they yeah. Wait till you see this one. Wait till yeah. you see. But this. but they'll yeah. still be making more than they would have made yes. by sticking around and whatever's left of the Pac twelve. And I know you know a lot of there's been a lot of criticism of Kevin Warren recently and in the past. And but one thing I think that he was. I don't know if he was ahead of the game, but he realized, and maybe other people just didn't want to do it. We're talking about the NFL. He did. He brought the NFL model to college athletics well, by saying, yeah. "Forget about, forget about footprint. Let's. Why can't we have a team on the West Coast? The Dallas Cowboys play in the NFC East. They're not in the eastern part of the United States. The same thing. Let's go get SC UCLA. Let's go get the best." brands to to bring to us to build to make us stronger this this is this and he wanted to bring washington and oregon right away and the fox guys in the way and they said nah and the presidents didn't want it either uh by the way with warren but this is the last thing and then we got to go you've been fantastic but i really believe that if you're going to keep ucla and usc in the big 10 you've got to get them some friends out there 
or recruits are going to start talking to athletes at both of those schools. And they're going to be saying, every time we get on a damn plane, we're flying four and five and six hours to every league game on the road. It sucks, man. You don't want to come here. I just can't see it living and and this this model existing without Washington and Oregon or some other schools out west. I just can't see it happening. And I know they're not pro rata or not quite, but I think you got to do it. Don't you? I yeah, I agree. Um I actually at Big 10 Media Day last year, I asked Kevin do any other schools other than Notre Dame bring value to the Big Ten? And he said yes. And I, then he wouldn't tell me those schools, but then talking with yeah. other sources, yeah, it was Washington, Oregon, Florida State, Miami, et cetera. Kevin's no longer there. You've had a lot of turnovers with the Big Ten presidents. I agree with you that they will go west. They will add more. Some some people believe, and I think there was a time, I don't know if that time still existed, not only would they get Washington, Oregon, they would get Stanford and Cal. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people are saying, what what do those guys bring to the Big Ten? That's a great question. All that back then was under the thought that the ACC would remain together till 2036. If the ACC doesn't remain together through 2036, then, you know, Washington and Oregon, I think, are still sought, sought at by the Big Ten. I was, you know, sources had told me back in August, they had individual meetings. One was in Chicago. One was in New York. Um, with the Big Ten, the Big Ten is basically vetted and approved to add those guys if, and this is a big if, financially it makes sense. So all the boxes they check, they check them all off. We're in Washington are fine if it makes some money. Where it gets tricky is if all these ACC schools get over the wall, then you know how's the Big Ten <laughs> way. I love over the wall. It's a great phrase. The Woody Allen where he climbs <laughs> over the wall and he's in the firing squad. Um, you can't stop yourself with the movie. Right? I know, I know. All, I know. Stuff, I All movie fans, yeah, check in. So yeah, so then they they have a. I agree with everything you said about Oregon, Washington. It gets trickier though if these ACC guys can find a way out. What what do they do then? And they're but, all looking at each other. Believe me, who's going to make the first move? And yeah, the big they can't. Really, and I've been told they can't make a jump together, even though the Magnificent Seven talking all this, unless they're going to leave the conference. So if it's two or three going to leave together at the same time, I'm told actually that's considered collusion. I think you would be like a trickle effect. You would see somebody jump first, and then a couple other guys follow after that, and then and then all hell breaks loose. And then Kevin Bacon, Brett, you've been fabulous. Kevin I know Bacon. you have other work to do in Destin at the SEC spring meetings. Uh, thanks for being here. And uh, next week, uh, Bofla will still be on vacation, wherever the hell he is, drinking uh, Coors Light. And I'll have another big hitter here. Dennis Dodd will join us to uh, give his uh, spin on all this stuff. Uh, and So, I, so I was, I'm basically just the warm-up act for Dennis. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. Not at all. No, that's what you're saying. That's no, you saying. agreed. You were a good I love Dennis. You agreed Worked to be here this week where he's he's still there and he's like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Yeah. Now, yeah. I know. He's in the lobby right now texting me. Where are you at? I'm, like, I'm doing Dave Jones' podcast. I'm getting the audience warmed up for you. He's, he's He's in, he's he's with Cushman and you're not. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's Bob Sugar and you're stuck up here in your hotel room. Yeah, all right, dude. You got it. Uh, that's the blue white breakdown for this week. Uh, tune in next week. 
This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.